normally we start every day at three uh, o'clock in the morning, and primarily because that's that's when everything is just coming alive. You know, that's when creation is starts. That's when you start hearing uh, creation waking up. Welcome to Undercurrents. My name is Kanogasawara. I'm part of the communications team at Mennonite Central Committee in Ontario. This podcast is just one way of telling all the amazing stories coming out of our community of program participants, staff, partners, and others. Undercurrents is brought to you, as always, by our friends at Kindred Credit Union. Kindred's purpose is cooperative banking that connects values and faith with finances, inspiring peaceful, just, and prosperous communities. Kindred is committed to learning, building relationships, and mobilizing their resources to make tangible progress towards reconciliation. This episode is about water. On a clear, warm morning in mid-September, my eight-year-old daughter and I woke up early, which in our house is about seven o'clock, loaded up our breakfast to go, and hopped into the car. You don't know where it is? I thought you said it was at the Grand River. We had an hour and a half drive ahead of us down to Dunville, Ontario, for the last 20 kilometers of the 2023 All Nations Grand River Water Walk. You need four days to complete it? Well, this is the fifth day and they've been walking real fast, apparently, so. What is a water walk? Who is a water walker? My daughter and I were about to find out as we listened in the car ride to an interview I had conducted earlier that week with Marianne Cabiosi, an Ojibwe Anishinaabek teacher and one of the organizers of the All Nations Grand River Water Walk. Um, right now, I'm um, a visitor on the land of the Michisagig Nishnabeg people in um, Warsaw, just outside of Peterborough. Uh, my, my English name is Marianne Cabiosi. I'm a Ojibwe Anishinaabe from the Bear Clan, and um, I belong to the, pe- to the community of Wikwamakong, uh, unceded territory, and my relatives are from Sagamuk First Nations, and I'm a water walker. I first met Marianne when she was a keynote speaker at MCC's student seminars in Ottawa, an annual three-day conference hosting university students from across Canada. Marianne opened and closed each day with us, sharing her teachings on water, encouraging us to share and learn from each other, and inviting us to participate in ceremony at the Ottawa River. She has a warm, kind, grandmotherly energy with a bright smile that can change your day. She's also tireless in her advocacy for water, sharing her teachings, and pursuing a PhD on top of it all. Marianne had invited me to join the water walk in the fall, and I gladly accepted that invitation. Uh, a water walker is, uh, is an individual, normally Anishinaabe. In our teachings, uh, the woman is responsible for taking care of the water because she's the one who creates life. And uh, when I first um, became familiar with water walking, it was through Josephine Mandaman uh, Ba, 
She's uh, Ojibwe, also from Wakwamakan. Uh, and I started walking with her in 2017. And that's where I first became familiar with what how to be a water walker. And that's, uh, that's someone who who walks with the water, literally. But also, uh, during that walk, which is not just a walk, it's a ceremony, uh, uh, we walk, we're holding the water, we're singing for the water, we're praying for the water, and we're um, carrying her in, in a pail we, uh, and that we dip into her, the source, and you're walking with her, and you're trying to make sure that she's safe as you're carrying her and as you're walking with her and um, holding her next to you, you're sending, you're putting your positive energies, love and kindness into that pail so that, uh, so that she feels it. And when I say she, I, I say that knowing that uh, she has a life, that she is life. Uh, it's not just water. People say, oh, it's just water. Well, water is life. Marianne organizes the All Nations Grand River Water Walk every fall. This year, they were praying for the waters held behind the dams along the Grand River. Marianne is supported by a hearty group of both Indigenous and settler supporters, including MCC's Indigenous Neighbors program team. The walk starts at the source of the Grand River in Dundalk, Ontario. They scoop a bucket full of water into a ceremonial copper pail and then proceed to walk all along the Grand River as roads allow for over 200 kilometers until it empties into Lake Erie at Port Maitland. The procession is led by two core walkers, one usually a woman who carries the water, and just behind her is usually a man carrying the eagle staff. Community walkers like me and my daughter walk along behind the core walkers. They take turns walking about one kilometer at a time with teams of walkers driving ahead of them to receive the pail of water and eagle staff to continue the relay. My daughter and I were taking the day off school and work to catch up to the water walkers for the final leg of their five-day journey. There's a whole lot of teachings that come to people when they're walking for the water. Normally we start every day at uh, three o'clock in the morning and primarily because that's that's when everything is just coming alive. Yeah, that's when creation is starts. Yeah, that's when you start hearing uh, creation waking up. And then we see the sky, you know, without the light pollution. And what happens is that you suddenly start to feel like you're, like you're a part of it. Like you're a part of something grand when you're walking for the water. And you also uh, start to understand that you're just a small part of it. Like you're a small part of something wonderful. A lot of people get transformed when they walk for the water. And I've heard uh, indigenous and non-indigenous people talk about that, how it changed them, how it led them to come back to walk more and to, to be part of that ceremony. It, it is very spiritual. You become connected because all you hear 
are your footsteps. You hear people singing. You hear people praying. And you just hear the sound of the land. Yeah, you know, we can't help but see the, the birds that come or the deer that walk out or, or the animals that come out, you know, like the fox. Or, uh, are those beings that come out and they witness everything? We can't help but notice them. And so we say, wow, I don't think I've ever seen a deer come out. A lot of the people that come and join us at ceremonies are always amazed when they see those, those things that happen. And then what you see is the sky. You start to see the, the sky change color. And you start to see the sun coming up. We take it for granted. We think, oh, well, the sun's going to come up every day or the stars are always out there. But to actually see it is a totally different thing altogether. You, you just feel it in your spirit. I've heard people and men actually crying it's it's one of those uh experiences that it, it just takes you to another place and sometimes uh people just uh start thinking about other things as they're walking you know things that they're going through in their life and our own inner water starts moving they're being moved because something has happened during that during that walk and it's powerful yeah when we do the uh, water walks we try to reconnect people to the land and see them as our relatives because if you see something as just an object it's easy for you to just destroy it because it has no meaning but when it's your relative who's alive and breathing as you are, it's not so easy. I remember hearing uh, a, a woman in the US, I don't recall uh, exactly what nation she was from, but she took youth out onto the land. And she's and she was saying, if you don't see who's out there, if you don't hear them, if you don't connect with them, why would you want to protect them? it becomes a resource instead of our relative. And so when we, uh, often what happens too is we'll walk, we might walk through or we will walk through uh, chaos. And by chaos, I mean like a rush hour traffic. And we've often been felt the brunt of, uh, you know, people rushing to work and we're, they feel like they were impeding their progress. They're so excited to get to work. <laughs> and so we've often been haunted, you know, by, by uh, settlers honking their horns and some are supportive, but uh, often it's, it's the opposite. And we just, uh, we just keep walking. And so what we do to, to uh, counter that is uh, we smudge, everybody carries medicine with them. We offer tobacco every time we pick up the pail. Uh, every time we go over the water, the men put down tobacco and um, it just becomes a, a, a way of being for a period of eight hours that you can't repeat anywhere else. It's just that, it's just how it is. 
and uh, you develop relationships, it becomes a family. So I mentioned earlier the idea that water has a spirit, and as as we do, that means she's alive, which means that uh, she's she's breathing, she's hearing, she's feeling. So we we see creation, and it's part of our original creation story that everything is alive, and everything on the earth is our relative. And so you might have heard that the idea too that. You might have heard the, the phrase is father sky, mm. grandmother moon, grandfather sun, and we say mother earth. So we believe that she is the one who feeds us with all of the, you know, all of the beings on the earth who give up their life for us. She nourishes us. She takes care of us because we find all of our medicines on the earth with the tree beings, the standing ones, and they're full of life and they give their medicine to us. And when we think about the water, it's like she is the blood of Mother Earth. She's the one that flows and gives the Earth life and everything else on it life. And so there are relatives. We believe that everything on the Earth is related to us, but we're not the, the main beings. When in our creation story, everything else was put first, like the, the stars and the, the sun and the moon, they were all placed here first. We were put here last. And it's that humility that we carry in our relationship with everything out there. I asked Marianne how we reconcile holding the land and water as sacred, but at the same time recognizing that we live in a world where billions of people need to be fed and housed and provided for. That's a good, really good question, and um, sometimes it, it takes uh, it takes courage to to say things like um, uh, it's an industry, it's mm -hmm. money making. You know, like when you go into pe some people's homes, yes. They have a home, and if you look at the the basic needs of food, uh, you know, running water, and um, a place to sleep, um, then then you go to other, uh, and, and a lot of people have that. But then there's places where there's such unnecessary material goods that are created. That do we really need uh, uh, two Keurig machines? Do we really need two vehicles? How many televisions do you need in your home? Because they've become disconnected. They've just attached to technology or they've attached to materialism. And of course, all of that material, uh, those material uh, goods come from the land, right? And and so that's it's, it's up to us, um, not just on the Shinobic people, but whoever works to protect the water, uh, that they understand that all of what they're doing, like the, the negative things that happen, all of the, the, the gas spills and the oil spills and the dredging and, you know, dumping wastes into the water, it's destroying our mother. Mm -hmm. 
you know, there, there's that reconciling the greed uh, for um, um, making money, and 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 uh, it's one of one of the elders talks about that. You know, that the water is going to be like the price of gold because it it it, it becomes a uh, it becomes something that's no longer honored or respected or valued as as something integral to living. And I think there's finding that balance of, of what we need as com- compared to what we actually want and crave. Mm-hmm. And the industry of you know the industry of materialism feeds the craving. But it's it's you know it's changing. I think when we when you come and walk for the water, you you do start to understand it. I participated in the water walk uh, as a core helper. This is Phil Martin retired teacher, avid cycling advocate, and a core supporter of this year's water walk. Coffee and other things, other kinds of things that people might need, and um, that was my role. But um, I ended up benefiting in so many ways uh, that I didn't expect. And I would say that uh, water walking um, has, in, has made me a better Mennonite. I think I grew up thinking that there was sort of one kind of faith that was right. And so what I'm understanding, and I really feel it in this water walking, is that um, this, the water walk actually resonates a lot with my own faith. And it also challenges, like, it challenges me in good ways. So I was walking, for example, with people who were really sensitive, uh, like, divine presence in you know, the whole world. God may be somehow in that eagle or in that tree or, you know, in that water or in and about there, that spirit. That's a little harder for Mennonites. And I think this is really important as we understand, well, like, I don't know, deep interconnections of all elements of, of creation and the challenges that the world and water are facing, like, yeah, this importance of seeing like God's presence everywhere. You know, being part of this water walk was very important to me in, in the development of my own faith and uh, what it means for me uh, to follow Jesus, which is like, that's really at the heart of my faith. And I feel like, whoa, I, I, think, I think Jesus would be very at home walking on this water walk. I like to invite people. So I like to invite people to some of my uh, other ceremonies. And I, and I remind them when I give the teachings of that ceremony that this is ours, our way of healing and our way of, uh, of doing things. Mm-hmm. And knowing that respectfully uh, that they probably have their own ways of doing things. So, for example, if you take your, your children down to the water, mm-hmm. Or even in your living room and you want to lift the water, you can just start by saying, I learned how to do this from mm-hmm. an Anishinaabe woman who taught us this. Mm-hmm. You know, then you can honor, you can still honor and do the, do that, but you just remember that it came from someone else and you're, you're helping in that way. I, 
think what people uh, have started to do is that people will actually join. You just you just come and be part of it. Just being there is huge. Just being there is huge. When my daughter and I showed up for the walk, the first water walkers that saw us thought we were just random passerbys who were curious about their roadside procession. They were absolutely thrilled when we told them we were joining them on the walk. Participating in the Grand River Water Walk not only shows solidarity, but also specifically supports the work of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. The TRC Call to Action, number 60, addresses, among other important things, the need for the Christian Church to respect Indigenous spirituality in its own right. This can be challenging work for some of us. This may also soon be joyful work, like for Phil, who saw that supporting this week-long Indigenous ceremony did not negate, but rather elevated, his own Christian faith. If you want to know more about the All Nations Grand River Water Walk, or participate in next year's walk, go to GrandRiverWaterWalk.com. I want to thank Marianne Cabiosi for her generous sharing of her teachings and the good faith invitation to join her in the water walk. Thanks to all the joyful and gracious water walkers who welcomed me and my daughter on the walk. It was an honor to join you. Thanks to Phil Martin for setting a good example for settlers like me on how to engage humbly and meaningfully in this learning journey. Editorial support on this episode came from Kristen Kong, original music by Brian McMillan, and artwork by Jesse Bergen. Big thanks to Kindred Credit Union for their ongoing support of Undercurrents. And of course, thank you for listening and sharing these stories. It helps us know that these stories are valued. My name is Ken Ogasawara. Have a great rest of your day.